Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Happy New Year, my dear listeners. It is I, your host from the East Coast, your sage from the stage, the man with the master plan, William Powell, the king of DC Media. Thanks for tuning back into the show. I'm really excited. This is going to be a great year. Yours truly is in a play called Boxes. It's a very inspirational play. I had the uh, pleasure of having the uh, the playwright, Ebony Custis, was on the show a few days ago, and we're going to open tomorrow night. Uh, for tickets, if you live in the D.C. area, go to boxestheplay.com, boxestheplay.com. So let me tell you about tonight's episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. It's brought to you by D.C. Actors Examiner which can be found by Googling DC Actors Examiner. You can should be uh, following me, following me on Facebook at william.t.pal. And then the uh, the handle for Twitter is Inside on the Bar Acting. Tonight's show will feature my guest, actress Marjane Holden. This is uh, her fourth time on the show. She's making... Uh, a uh, movie. There's a pretty exciting movie uh, she's going to be working on. A uh, current project, Garrison 7, with Casper uh, Van Dien. But she's uh, been in a lot of different shows. Tells, uh, Tells from the Crypt, The Steve Harvey Show, The Beastmaster, Babylon 5 spinoff uh, called Crusade. I mean, she's done it all. So I see she's out there in sunny uh, San Francisco, so let me bring her on in. Good evening, Martine. How are you? Hey, William. I'm great. How you doing? Great, 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 great. It is about <laughs> five. We're having a heat wave here in D.C. It's about five degrees. It's crazy Ooh. out there. Yeah. <laughs> better, better get the sunscreen out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wow. So you're in Frisco now, huh? I am. I'm up north and loving it. It's a little cooler than down south in Los Angeles, but um, I'm I'm finding that I'm liking the temperature change and liking the change of scenery and and it's got a good vibe up here. So it's all good. I love it. I love it. That's good. Yeah, it's a beautiful area. I need to get out. There. I've never been out there. I need to get out there. Oh, yeah. You have to. You got to come visit the bay. It's it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It always you know I always joke with people because. You know, living in Los Angeles, we got no football team, and I'm up here in the Bay, and there's two football teams. So it's like, it's like, what happened to L.A., you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's your, what's, uh, what's your team up there? I'm actually on Raider Nation side, I got to say, Raider Nation. And I know a lot of people are like, what? I can't believe it. I can't believe it. You're not a 49ers fan. It's like, yeah. I'm with the Raider Nation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I would have had you pegged for 49ers. <laughs> really? 
Yeah. Huh. Interesting. And so now the colors are no good for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was... <laughs> All right. So let's dig into, now you got us so excited. The last time you were on the show, we were excited about uh, the science fiction show, Garrison 7. Yeah. So which one is that? Yeah. Well, that is, um, we're, they're still in development on it, doing, you know, they, as with any project in in the industry, you know, it takes some turns. And because it's an independent project, it doesn't have the studios backing it. Um, it's It's got some really interesting facets that it's going through um, while they're, you know, building it, like sponsorship and and different um, alliances that they're forming. And so it's been a really interesting process and just, you know, kind of just like waiting till they drop that hammer and they've just put together some some footage of um, some of the scenes. They've got some graphic novels in the works. So they've got a lot of different things happening at the same time. Um, They're about to release some press in about a week's time. So you can always, you know, stay connected and and find out what's going on on IMDb. That's the place that that it'll come out, you know, first with all the information. And, of course, the Facebook page for Garrison 7. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, Empress Morgana? Well, I just, I actually, funny enough, I just got off the the phone with the producer and he was like, well, you can't really say too much because the character's just, uh, it's not going to be what people expect. You know, people expect her to be um, a certain way um, because she's, you know, the head of this army um, and she's completely different. So it's it's going to be a really wonderful character once we start getting into there and playing a little bit uh, to to bring some different uh, different flavors to the Empress. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, I'm going to switch tracks and just talk about the industry as a whole. Um, I know recently in the news there was a lot going on with Sony. I mean, there's uh there's like some sort of hacking incident happened, and there was a uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, we got to see some attitudes of some of the industry execs. So what's your take on that? I mean, has that been something you've uh, experienced? You know, working in Hollywood, uh, some of these uh, you know, high attitudes they have. I really haven't um, experienced a whole lot of that. I know that it goes on. I know that it happens. I know that. You know, it's a business, you know, it is a business and they're going to do whatever they can do to get their product out there to get, um, to secure whatever they have to secure for, for their studio, for their project, for, you know, profitability, for art, you know, and sometimes it's not necessarily art. So because I'm not, you know, I read all the emails or I read all the, the, the stories and things like that and, you know, it's 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 just fascinating to see like what everybody's opinion is of it. And for me, you know, sometimes I just think, you know, it's self perpetuated and self created because hey, either we need to have some more publicity or we need to have some good, you know, controversy. It's like I I can't even remember who said it, but but there but somebody said whether it was an actor or a producer, was like, there's no bad publicity, you know. <laughs> publicity is publicity. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's unfortunate because there are, you know, there are people's feelings involved and, and people's careers involved and people's, you know, work involved. So, mm. you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. And, and unfortunately with email these days, like everything is public. It's like there is nothing. This is a, this is proof that there's nothing that's really secure. Everything's available out there. So if somebody wants to get to you and you're on the internet, they're gonna get to you. That's true. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. You say no such thing as bad publicity because uh, you wonder about the movie they they interview and uh, right. there was a lot of. Uh, publicity around that and it's like it's almost like it's conspiracy theories that you know that's something that uh i don't know i, I don't believe that it's like 
they deliberately kind of set this thing up to be like this. Yeah. It it's like a turkey of a movie, and they just come up with this, this wild scheme to market it. Right. Exactly. Like, it's a brilliant marketing plan. I mean, <laughs> create, a, create a demand for people to want to see the thing that nobody wants to talk about, that everybody's talking about, that, oh, God, we can't show it there because it's going to be a big controversy, and, and you know, once it leaks one place, then it's going to leak, I don't know, a thousand places? Come on, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, self-perpetuated marketing. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) So now, uh, uh, non-traditional casting, I know there's been some some hubbub in the news about, uh, what's this, uh, Idris Elba, Black James Bond, and you get the Black Annie and things like that. What's your take on that? You know what, I love it. You know, I just saw, I mean, I just saw Annie and, you know, I like that they're doing, you know, non-traditional casting and they're turning the stories and they're making them, a, you know, slightly different. And, and you know, it's just variety. It's, it's taking a story that's a good story, creating it in a new way. You know, I had one of my acting coaches years and years and years ago, I was with the same acting coach for about 14 years, Rick Walters and at Theatercraft in Hollywood. And he was like, you know what, Margie, there are no new stories. There are no new stories. Everything's been done. So, you know, it's just the way in which it's presented. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and I like the fact that, you know, that there are these super talented people. I mean, Jamie Foxx, who can sing, he can dance, he can act. You know, he's got all of these skills and talents. And they're, and they're being utilized. You know, he can do drama, he can do action, he can do comedy. And and it's beautiful to be able to see that that the industry will embrace someone with all of those skills. Because back in the day, you know, actors were trained in, in music, in, new, in movement, and in the theater. So it's, it's like that whole cycle is coming full circle again where, you know, it used to be, you know, not too long ago, it's like, oh, they're a triple threat. And it's like, well, everyone, you know, in early Hollywood was had to take movement class. Everyone had to take vocal training. Everyone had to take, you know, theater training. So right. it's, yeah, you know, so it's like, it's it feels like it's coming full circle and really being embraced again that, oh, you can, it's not like, oh, you can just do one thing. Like, you can just act. You know, you can do all three. Why not? Yeah, that's right. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, uh, I know you've done a lot of, like, action pictures and things like that, and I know that uh, – what's your take on this whole thing about it? Denzel, the, some of the execs were saying that Denzel – he couldn't really open movies overseas. The black actor couldn't open movies overseas. Is that something you've run into with like marketing? Have you found that the, the, your action pictures have done better overseas? Um, you know what? I don't. I don't really know because you know a lot of my action pictures has have been been you know on the smaller budget. They've not been big A list you know studio pictures. Um, I mean, with the exception of, of something like, you know, of course, Mortal Kombat. I mean, Mortal Kombat was universal. It was huge everywhere it went because the video game was big everywhere it went. You know, I don't I don't believe that that a, a black actor can't open a film overseas for him because Will Smith proved it over and over and over again. I mean, there are actors that they can open a film no matter where they're at in the world. You know, I think it depends on the actor. I think it depends on the strategy. I think it depends on, you know, a lot of things, how much attention is put on it. And, you know, and how much effort and energy has been placed in in those areas. And that's it, you know. It's like if something's heavily marketed overseas and people know about it, and it's appealing, they're going to go watch it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, I want to move on to uh, one of your favorite topics. Uh, 
You seem to be a big <laughs> proponent of fun. So how important, yes. is for, how important is it for actors to have fun? You know what? It's really, really important. I, um, you know, for a lot of years, I, I, whenever I went to an audition and, and, you know, I took some time off, before I took the time off, it's like I wasn't having any fun. Like I was going out on auditions and it was like, oh, this is just a job and oh my God and blah, blah, blah. You know, and when I took some time off and came back, I was like, you know, what what are you really doing this for? Like, why are you doing this? Like, what is the purpose of you doing this? And what's, you know, where, what do you try to live by? What are the values that you're trying to live by in your life? And one of it is just like, I, I like to have fun and I like to enjoy myself, you know, and I want to do things that are fun and enjoyable, you know. And <laughs> I had an audition a few weeks ago before the holidays for a print job and I haven't, you know, I haven't had a print audition for, oh God, God knows how many years. Right. And I thought, you know, I don't even know what to do anymore on a print audition. So I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to go in and I'm just going to have fun. And I don't even care if I get the job or not, because my purpose is to have a good time, you know? So instead of like just standing there stiff, like here, show your profile, right, left, stiff, you know, whatever. I was just kind of like joking around with the guy behind the camera and I was like, hey, you know, and and having a good time and smiling and, you know, and letting him know that, you know, it was really super early in the morning and they're like, we're really sorry so late, you know, we're we're running so behind and, you know, I was like, hey, no big deal. Like, we're here. We're we're just going to, let's have some fun with it, you know. And I ended up booking the job and I was like, wow, (laughs) okay, that's kind of cool, you know. But when I was Where? walking away, I was like, you know, I was looking, looking, I was, you know, talking to myself and I was like, you know what, Marjean, you had fun. Like, and that is why you're here. You know, you're here to have fun. And the more fun you can have, you know, fun, it's contagious. Like, have fun with it. You know, play with it. Why do you have to be yeah. so serious? Like, this is my job. I got to be serious about this job. It's like, hey, you know, have a good time. Have fun. You know, it's like if I'm hiring somebody, I want to. I want the person on set that's going to be fun, that's not going to be uptight, that's not going to be a drama. You know, I want to have that person. You know, from a from a producer's perspective, or from a client's perspective, I want someone who's going to be fun and enjoyable to have on my set. So I was like, yeah, just be that person. You know. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. So what's some uh, other roles you had fun playing? Oh, God. You know what? One of my one of the funnest roles I had had um, I had the best time was on John Carpenter's Vampires. Oh, my hmm. God. It was crazy because, uh, you know, just like I, I literally like I felt like a vampire. And, you know, Sandy Carpenter was what Sandy, Sandy King Carpenter, who, who produced it, John's wife, was like, you know, my vampires are going to be cool. They're going to be chic. They're going to be amazing, you know, and it's like we got these cool clothes and we looked really cool. And, you know, we we worked at night, you know, slept during the day. And I was like, I feel like a vampire. This is really cool. This is like the coolest thing ever, you know. And I got to run around in cool clothes and be a vampire at night and and have, you know, pale skin and veins popping out of my neck and and big fangs and contacts and and just a really cool setup and and got to work with one of the legends, you know. And it was just, it was amazing and it was so much fun. And I thought, yeah, And, and they just created such an amazing environment, Sandy and John, that, you know, I was like, wow, like this is the kind of environment I would want to set up on, you know, on my sets. Like they really took care to, you know, she really takes care to set her productions up where everybody's like, it's like family and she's really attentive to the crew and and everybody's having a good time and everybody's feeling good and, and working hard and, and producing a really good, you know, fun product. So it it was just that that by far for me was one of the funnest things I've ever done. Well, yeah, I go back to uh, what was the girl Corey Everson? Uh, what was it? Tell mm-hmm. the Chris. 
Yeah, that seemed like that was a lot of, I don't know if it was fun, but it seemed like he had a great workout in some of their scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Corey, Corey and I worked on, on the movie. It was like this BBBB movie, Ballistic, together. And um, Debbie Dunning, who was on um, Home Improvement at the time, we did that episode of Rift, and we did. We had a blast. Oh, my God, oh. we had so much fun. It was hard work, but we had a blast. You know, it's like not often that I get cast as, you know, just the bitchy, you know, real bitchy character. And I did. And, oh, my God, we had such a blast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, I may, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm doing a show that's a stage show called Boxes. And uh, the playwright had mm. a question that, uh Sort of like the tagline of the, the piece is, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? So I, I asked you that question. What what, what would Marjean Holland do if she, she knew she couldn't fail? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, first of all, like, what's failure? You know, failure is just our ability to, to take the lessons and, and keep moving forward and keep expanding and growing. Um, but I guess in the traditional sense and, and stepping away from the from the fourth and fifth dimensional sense, if I if I knew without a shadow of a doubt in the third dimension in in this this realm that I couldn't fail, man, man, I, I that, that's a good question. I guess I would just do everything. I would do everything. You know, I would, um, you know, for sure be be like producing all of my own movies. I would be living on a 900-acre piece of property with a ranch retreat spa center where people could come and rejuvenate and have a good time and I'd have animals and a farm and my child would be homeschooled and we'd have other kids on the property and, and families and community and, you know, have a farm and grow our own vegetables. I'm, you know, I'm just kind of a farmer chick at heart, you know, my, my whole wow. mother's side of the family is all farmers. So, you know, it's like, yeah, I would just, I'd do it all. You know, and, and, and hopefully that's not far off. You know, I would I would pretty much do what I'm doing now and the desires that I, that I have now to do. Um, but I'd probably do it maybe a little quicker. You know, it's like I wouldn't have that fear of like, oh, if I take that action, what's going to be the outcome? You know, I, I wouldn't have any of those reservations. I would just be, you know, I'd be like a freight train. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So I know that uh, you you are into, I guess, uh, spiritual enlightenment and things of that sort. So mm-hmm. I know there's a, a, a phrase uh, that I came across: consciously awake. Uh, like there's yeah. consciously awake people. What what's a consciously awake person? Well, it's somebody who is aware of aware of what they're doing in the moment, you know, and really waking up to being in flow and in, you know, in harmony with the energy of the universe. Um, You know, it's not just droning out and and following the status quo of like, oh, this is what you should do. This is what you, you know, blah, 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 blah. That, That sort of, you know, routine humdrum, you know, ignorance is bliss type of thing. But really, like, here's here's this work. Here's this challenge. How's it making you feel? Like, what's going on inside for you? And how can you alchemize that energy, you know, and just transform it back into a positive, positive vibe, no matter what it is, you know, taking full responsibility for your life, full responsibility for everything that happens, full responsibility for everything that doesn't happen, um, and understanding that, energetically we co-create with the universe and at some time at times you know you gotta let go of the ego the thing that we think we want and get down to the thing that's really what our soul wants what our that, that's right down at the depth you know which is to be in alignment with our higher self and to be in alignment with the flow of the universe and to be in you know in that harmony with like why are we really here you know sometimes i go that. I was 
I was driving through downtown San Francisco on a Sunday afternoon. I was coming back from from the beach, and I was driving by the um, the uh, art center, and there were a bunch of people that were coming out of a Christmas show, and I think they were coming out of the Nutcracker, and there were like you know friends, you know, just like arm in arm, and there were families with kids, and there were older people with you know couples and. And I just looked at everybody and I was like, wow, everybody has a story. Everybody's got this this sphere of energy around them. Everybody's swirling and intermingling and 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 they're they're all human. Human. And I'm like, how did we get here? Like, how did we as humans get to this place? Like what's going hmm. on here? You know, and it just is this this weird, surreal moment for me of like, there are a lot of people in this one area right now. They're people. They're human people. And how do we get here? You know? I just had that moment of like, wow, this is a bizarre existence. It is wild. Hmm. Wow. And you talk about like digging down deep and then knowing like where you want to go and 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 also you talk about responsibility for everything that happens. That's a that, that's also a tough one too. That I think it blows a lot of people's minds is uh, responsibility and taking responsibility totally. for everything that happens. Yeah, that's that seems like a hard place to get to. It is, <laughs> you know. And a lot of times I go, I am responsible for this one. Ooh, man, that's a drag. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hmm, I don't want to have to be responsible for that thing that's happening right now, you know, and it is, it's it's hard, you know, it's like otherwise when we're not taking responsibility, we're we're running into an energy of being a victim, like things are happening to us when, you know, we are co-creators in the universe and we we attract those things that are going to bring us the lessons that we've agreed to. Um, whether it was, you know, conscious or subconscious, it's like, this is a thing I'd like to like to learn. I mean, now that there's been that big explosion of, of you know, way back in 2005 when The Secret came out, when everybody started going, oh, I get it now, and like the law of attraction and, and, and Abraham Hicks and, and everyone like this had this massive upsurgence of energetic um, leaders out there you know, teaching all of these different principles that have been around since the beginning of time. I mean, it's like this is not anything new. I mean, this is stuff that was happening, you know, in the Bible and Jesus. And, and like, Jesus was a metaphysician. Like, he knew and he set the groundwork for everything that that is occurring, basically, on the planet, whether you believe in Jesus or believe or, or not or, you know, God or whatever. There had to be a messenger to let people know, hey, you will, I mean, he said it, you will do even greater works than I. You know, people that are that are hardcore, like, religious, in, into religion, and I'm not, you know, have, you know, talk about the scriptures and talk about him all the time and all of the things that he did, and he said it, you will do even greater works than I. And, and we look at the evolution of where we've come and we look at electronics, we look, you know, we can communicate with somebody instantly by the push of a button on our phone, on the internet. Like, how does that, how is that even possible? Hmm. You know? It's like buildings that are 120 stories high built solid in these structures because there was a creative mind that had the the knowledge and the wisdom to put it all together and, and know the physics of it, of how it can stand that tall, that high, you know, for eternity. Wow. Mind-boggling. Yeah, it is. It is. That's amazing. Now, I know you used to give uh, seminars and things like mm-hmm. that. And, and Carmen, so are you going to be doing many of those this year? Yeah, I will be. Um, I I do seminars for a company called New Peaks and for Success Resources overseas. 
and I'll be developing, I'm, I'm in the process of developing my own workshops right now as well um, yeah, on the four, four fundamentals, um, the foundation of success, you know, because there's pretty much four things that people want to focus on, and that's business and career, love and relationships, money and finance, and health and wellness. Those four things, that's what people, you know, basically want to focus on, so... I'm working on a on a series of of workshops that will focus on the four fundamentals and and help people really break down what it is that they truly truly want, and then set out their plan of action, you know, to take the steps to to have that come to fruition. Hmm. I mean, what are some of the high level steps that you you take people through to find what they want? See, for me, I am very into highly experiential work um because mm-hmm. i truly like like through through games and through experiences i don't believe like i don't learn well just reading something i have to experience it i have to go through it i have to feel it in my body um i'm a visual i'm a kinesthetic person uh, if i hear it just auditorily I, it kind of like goes in one ear and out the other um, so I have to learn on a very different level. And what I've found through teaching the style that I teach, which is high-impact training, you know, is that when you get that experience into your body and you go through something physical that has a lesson attached to it, like like as an example, just, uh, you know, someone that's going out and they're going to scale the top of, to the top of a, you know, 20-foot pole and being absolutely terrified to do it, but with a goal in mind and having, you know, that intention, like, I'm going to do this, and then teaching tools along the way. It's like, well, how are you going to do it? You don't climb to the top of the pole in, you know, from the bottom to the top step. You have steps in between that you're going to take, and every one of those steps is important. So you're going to put your foot on one step and then you're going to put your set foot on the next step and then you're going to put your foot on the next step. And that's just how life is. That's like getting to any goal. There are steps that you're going to take to get to your goal. Just like, you know, the top of that pole, I'm going to get up there and it's going to take me one step at a time. And, you know, fear only lives in the future. There cannot be fear in the present moment. So when you're focused in the present moment in what you're doing right there and right then, there is no opportunity for fear, you know. And when you feel fear, it's because you're anticipating some sort of pain on the other side. And when you're anticipating that pain, it takes you out of the moment. So when you bring yourself back to the moment and you take yourself into a breath and you ground yourself and you're like, I'm just going to take the next step, (sighs) just going to take that next step, you know, and pretty soon all of those small steps add up to, oh, wow, I just did it. I just did it. Oh, my God, I did it, you know. Um, but it's something that we have to keep doing over and over and over again so that so that we get it into our bodies to say, you know what, I've done it before, I can do it again, and I can do it again, and I can do it again. Yeah, that kind of segues into uh, my next question on how actors can raise their mental and spiritual performance levels. You know, for me, one of the best things was, you know, this is is to not get too full of yourself, basically. Um, you know, it's like this is your craft. This is what you do. This is the opportunity, like when the jobs come, this is your opportunity to do your craft. This is your opportunity to do the thing that, that, that A, feels good to you, and by it feeling good to you, it feels good to other people, you know. It's like you give a performance to inspire other people either into an emotion of whatever it is, um, to bring a message, to, you know, to be that, that catalyst, um, mm-hmm. entertain. And, you know, always remember that, you know, it's just like, and I can't say it more, I won't say that it's just like every other job because it's, it's really not. It's, it's, it's one into itself. But, you know, just like someone who's, um, you know, developing a computer, you know, they have a purpose and they get driven the same way. 
You know, it's like they wake up and they're like, oh, wow, this is, I just can't not even, like, not do this thing. And remembering that that every single person on the production is, is important, like every person. You know, it's like every person is, piece of, is a piece of the puzzle. And the actor is a piece of the puzzle. And the producer is a piece of the puzzle. The stand-in is a piece of the puzzle. The extras are a piece of the puzzle. The gaffer is a piece of the puzzle. You know, the, the cinematographer, a piece of the puzzle. And all together, all of those pieces together make the full picture. And yeah. I think remembering that, always remembering that, um, helps to stay grounded and, and, and really in in a really good place. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, there's no, let's say there's no small parts. No small parts. They That's all, right. everything fits together. And I think casting is that way too. It's really, I've heard casting described as, it's like a puzzle. It's like these different pieces. And how does this, how does person A fit with person B and C. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I just had a had an audition that it was like probably like one of the highlights of my career, and it was for one line, one line in the Steve Jobs movie. Um, and I don't I don't think I I don't think I got it because I haven't heard from them. But I was like I had a callback for that thing, and I was so excited because when I went in, Danny Boyle, who is one of my all time favorite directors, was there, and I got to like shoot the shit with Danny Boyle for like four minutes. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. And he goes, yeah, I know it's only kind of, it's only one line and it's no big deal. And I was like, dude, you don't even understand. It's not even about the line right now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> this is like, this is an opportunity to, to be in the presence of someone whose work I admire so much. And that to me, you know, was worth like auditioning for one line. I didn't care. I was like, one line turns into ten lines in the next movie, you know? Who cares? I was like, to be able to come in and read for Danny Boyle and hopefully make an impression, wow. What a what a fantastic opportunity. It's like I am I am not so big in the britches to say, you know, I, I always remember my you know, my friend Glenn Morshower saying, you know, I was to do this one part in this one in this one movie and in Pearl Harbor and I got there and they had given it to somebody else and I was like, Wow, okay. But they paid me to that was the highest paid air traffic controller around and I didn't even speak. He goes, but the producer remembered my attitude about it. And subsequently cast him in the Transformers movies. I mean, yeah. he, he took, and last year or the year before got a 25-year contract with Universal for the for the ride at Universal. So it's like there are no small parts. <laughs> Only small actors. <laughs> wow, that's right. I know the last time you were here on the show, you were talking about. Uh, Casting director workshops. So, have you been doing those lately? I haven't actually been been doing those because those are down in LA. I'll uh, when I'm down there in a couple of weeks, I'll I'll hit one up down there. Um, but I haven't found any up here in San Francisco that I've checked out yet. But you know, it's, it is something that I'm like, hey, you know, I I, I need want to get back into that and and do that because I had so much fun doing it and and it was just really valuable to 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 meet casting directors that are working and, you know, like Fern Champion who cast me in, you know, the television series I did Crusade and she cast me in, in uh, Mortal Kombat as well. And to hear her talk about what transformed in the industry is like invaluable, you know, because it's like here's this casting director who's been in the business for 30 years, been casting huge projects for her entire career and to have her say, you know, the internet, you know, you gotta like, you gotta be able to put yourself on tape, and you gotta be able to send it, you know, via the internet, and a lot of stuff is cast like that, and everyone's submitting from all over the world, whereas it never used to be like that. So information from them and their take on what's happening in the industry is by far like it's 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 so valuable. 
you know, because there's just so much going on. There's so much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's lots going on, lots going on. So now, you know, one thing that's interesting, I know the show that I'm on now, it seems like everybody in the cast is, like, hooping and coughing, and it's crazy, and it's like you got to have a lot of energy and and well-being to be an actor. So what's some of your tips on how actors can can stay healthy? Um, I definitely need to take my own advice on this one. Um, and, you know, just lots of, like, lately, like, at the beginning of the year, I was like, okay, we're we're all going off sugar. I live in a community house, and we're like, okay, we're all going to go off sugar because, you know, it really is a bad culprit, and, you know, we're going to eat more vegetables. I know it sounds so cliche. It's like, eat more vegetables, and they come out of the ground, and, you know, um, try to cut down on your consumption of processed foods because that's what really would do you know, do some do some damage on the system and to get some fresh air and get out there. And, you know, one of the things for me that I like that I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know, I just, I, whenever I'm feeling like really overloaded, I just go outside and have a walk in nature, you know, like getting back to nature and, and being able to just take a walk up in the hills and just, ah, you know, breathe some fresh air and sit down on a tree and, and, watch the trees and watch the birds and see the grass and all of that good stuff, you know, it's really, really important. And then the other thing I like to do is I like to go to the spa. I like to steam. I like the sauna. I like to, you know, sweat and and do all that and get massages and and really take care of my body in that way. Hmm. Do you like to bike? Um, I do like to bike. Um, I don't do it a lot because I don't have my own bike, but I borrow one of my roommates, and, and I do like to bike. It's fun. I mean, as a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, my boyfriend and I, he was like, let's go for a bike ride. I was like, okay. So we went for a bike ride, and then he's like, let's go over the bridge. And I'm like, I don't want to go over the bridge. It sounds like a really hard thing to do, and I don't want to do it. And so, But we ended up biking over the bridge and, and subsequently ended up on a 16-mile bike ride that day, and it was absolutely gorgeous and and. Um, my body thanked me for it afterwards. <laughs> Do you meditate? <laughs> um, you know what? I don't. I don't do a traditional type of meditation. I like walking meditation. I use my time outside as meditation. I'll sit in the sun and and soak up the rays. But I don't have a you know a sitting meditation. That it's never worked for me. I find it very it's very rigid. It's it's very challenging for me. So I'll do a walking meditation. It, it feels better for me, and it it for me I feel like it will it accomplishes the same thing. So I'll actually use my time out on the trail and be very mindful of my steps and really focus on my breath and and really allow myself to get into a rhythm of motion to meditate. And that feels really good. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, uh, okay, so we're coming on about 10 minutes left. So I wanted to get into, uh, I know the last time you were on here, you were talking about shows like Justified and all these shows that mm-hmm. you, would love, you would love to be on. I mean, uh, what about, uh, excuse me, just shows like, uh, there's a lot of good shows on Netflix, uh, original programming on there, Orange is the New Black and things like that. I think Amazon has a show that they're producing. Uh, I mean, all these kind of shows. Have you uh, auditioned for any of those kind of new media shows, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, any shows like that? I haven't. I haven't. Every once in a while I'll see something that comes through the through the casting breakdowns and I'll think, oh, yeah, that, that could be kind of interesting. Um, yeah. But I think it's absolutely a brilliant like it's a brilliant way of delivery now. And um, those shows are becoming, you know, they're becoming award-winning shows. And it's not just about the networks anymore. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's a lot of different markets. I think as you pointed out the last time, there's so many markets that they're exploding right now. Because uh, yeah. I had a, a young lady that was on uh, Breaking Bad, and she was talking about the market in uh, mm. uh, New Mexico, and uh, I think Walking Dead is filmed down in one of the Carolinas, and uh, yeah, I think, you know, locally, some of my 
buddies of mine have been on, uh, what was it, Turn down in Virginia. Uh-huh. Everybody in this uncle here in D.C. has been on House of Cards right. on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> and Veep, we've been on Veep around here and everything uh-huh. like that. So, uh, God, San Francisco is such a beautiful city. I mean, you had, you had what, Nash Bridges was used to be there. What was it? Um, yeah. Streets of San Francisco a long, long time ago. Yeah. Like so yep. I guess you have I mean, to, what uh, was what was just up here? There's something that was just up here. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Hmm. And and now it's like it's so it's so fun for me whenever I see the, you know, I go across the Golden Gate Bridge because I can see the bridge from my house. You know, and I've seen it in a movie. I'm like, oh, hey, it's the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, I've been on that bridge. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Wow, wow. Okay, so we're coming up on about, uh, oh, we got a little bit of time left. So talk a little bit about um, some some fun memories you've had, some roles you've had that you've really enjoyed, uh, some funny stories from the set from the past. And then after that, just kind of wrap up with uh, – what some of the things you have planned for 2015? Um, let's see, some of the fun things, like like working on Mortal Kombat with everybody, like working on an ensemble, in an ensemble cast, mm-hmm. where yeah. there's a lot of different characters. Oh, man, we just have so much fun. I mean, we had such a blast, like, you know, because there were, what, five females on Mortal Kombat, you know, me and Irina and, and um, Talisa and Sandra and Musetta, so it's like the five of us, it was just like, oh, yeah, it's like the women of Mortal Kombat, you know. And it was just so much fun because we got to travel together and we got to shoot together and, you know, experience these different countries together and, and just have a really, really good time. And I love working on ensemble casts like that. And um, um, Hostage, of course, was, was absolutely amazing to be able to work with Bruce Willis and that was that was a lot of fun. Um, what else? Um, being able to, you know, step onto shows like like ER and work on ER when when that was happening and it, that was a that was a great fun. Um, and of course, working in the sitcoms back in the early days of my career, like working on Hanging with Mr. Cooper with Mark Curry and working on The Fresh Prince of Bel Air with Will Smith was you know, it was just like phenomenal and LL Cool J on In the House. And it was just really, really fun. I mean, I have to say that I've been so fortunate, not knock on wood here, so fortunate that um, the movies and the television shows that I've worked on have just been, been fantastic. They've been sensational. And I've had really, really wonderful experiences on, you know, I'd say probably 95% of all of the productions that I've worked on. I've rarely worked on a show that, that hasn't been fun. So oh, I've yeah. been, been super fortunate, super fortunate. Wow. So what's some of the things coming up for uh, this coming year? Oh, so 2015 and um, the, like, uh, Scott Brewer, the producer, just told me from from Garrison Seven. He's like, hopefully we'll be in the states in April, and and we'll be shooting, and that'll be exciting. And so that's on the burner, and you know, developing a couple of my own workshops, and and that's fun. And I'll be teaching and on stage teaching and doing doing that as well, and spending time with my daughter. And it's a big year for my family because we have a family reunion this year, and. Um, my daughter turns 10 this year, and her birthday is the day before Christmas, so we're planning a big party for her. And you know, so it's, it's you know, it's a, it's already a big year, and it's full. And I just I turned 50 in November, so it's like I'm in my 50s now, and and it's like yeah, I hear the 50s is all about fun, so I'm like really excited that you know it's just going to be fun from here on out. Um, yeah, so that's. That's what's happening for 2015 so far, you know, on this seventh day of the year. Wow, great. That's fantastic, fantastic. Well, Marjean, yeah. uh, wow, it's uh, just a pleasure to have you on the show. Definitely 
have you back. Uh, you're welcome anytime to talk about any of your projects and, and, and things like that. Thank uh, you. Like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much. I always enjoy being here and, and talking to you and, and catching up and, and you know, giving whatever insight I can to anyone who's in the industry and, and beyond. So thank you again. <laughs> I, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk. <laughs> you love to talk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's wonderful, Marjane. Well, uh, I want you to have a, just wish you again a happy new year and uh, have a blessed night and a blessed week. Thank you so much, William. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Good night. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. And let me leave you with this quote from uh, Wayne Dyer, the father of modern motivation. He said, stop acting as if life is a rehearsal. Live this day as if it were your last. The past is over and gone. The future is not guaranteed. Good night. <laughs>